volume two part two chapter thirty of the ingenious gentleman don quixote of la mancha by miguel de cervantes saavedra translated by john ormsby eighteen twenty nine to eighteen ninety five this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine volume two part two chapter thirty of don quixote's adventure with a fair huntress they reached their beasts in low spirits and bad humour enough knight and squire sancho particularly for with him what touched the stock of money touched his heart and when any was taken from him he felt as if he was robbed of the apples of his eyes in fine without exchanging a word they mounted and quitted the famous river don quixote absorbed in thoughts of his love sancho in thinking of his advancement which just then it seemed to him he was very far from securing for fool as he was he saw clearly enough that his master's acts were all or most of them utterly senseless and he began to cast about for an opportunity of retiring from his service and going home some day without entering into any explanations or taking any farewell of him fortune however ordered matters after a fashion very much the opposite of what he contemplated it so happened that the next day towards sunset on coming out of a wood don quixote cast his eyes over a green meadow and at the far end of it observed some people and as he drew nearer saw that it was a hawking party coming closer he distinguished among them a lady of graceful mien on a pure white palfrey or hackney caparisoned with green trappings and a silver-mounted side-saddle the lady was also in green and so richly and splendidly dressed that splendour itself seemed personified in her on her left hand she bore a hawk a proof to don quixote's mind that she must be some great lady and the mistress of the whole hunting-party which was the fact so he said to sancho run sancho my son and say to that lady on the palfrey with the hawk that i the knight of the lions kiss the hands of her exalted beauty and if her excellence will grant me leave i will go and kiss them in person and place myself at her service for aught that may be in my power and her highness may command and mind sancho how thou speakest and take care not to thrust in any of thy proverbs into thy message you've got a likely one here to thrust any in said sancho leave me alone for that why this is not the first time in my life i have carried messages to high and exalted ladies except that thou didst carry to the lady dulcinea said don quixote i know not that thou hast carried any other at least in my service that is true replied sancho but pledges don't distress a good payer and in a house where there's plenty supper is soon cooked i mean there's no need of telling or warning me about anything for i'm ready for everything and know a little of everything that i believe sancho said don quixote go and good luck to thee and god speed thee sancho went off at top speed forcing dapple out of his regular pace and came to where the fair huntress was standing and dismounting knelt before her and said fair lady that knight that you see there the knight of the lions by name is my master and i am a squire of his and at home they call me sancho panza the same knight of the lions who was called not long since the knight of the rueful countenance sends by me to say may it please your highness to give him leave that with your permission approbation and consent he may come and carry out his wishes which are as he says and i believe to serve your exalted loftiness and beauty and if you give it your ladyship will do a thing which will redound to your honour and he will receive a most distinguished favour and happiness you have indeed squire said the lady 
delivered your message with all the formalities such messages require rise up for it is not right that the squire of a knight so great as he of the rueful countenance of whom we have heard a great deal here should remain on his knees rise my friend and bid your master welcome to the services of myself and the duke my husband in a country house we have here sancho got up charmed as much by the beauty of the good lady as by her high-bred air and her courtesy but above all by what she had said about having heard of his master the knight of the rueful countenance for if she did not call him knight of the lions it was no doubt because he had so lately taken the name tell me brother squire asked the duchess whose title however is not known this master of yours is he not one of whom there is a history extant in print called the ingenious gentleman don quixote of la mancha who has for the lady of his heart a certain dulcinea del toboso he is the same senora replied sancho and that squire of his who figures or ought to figure in the said history under the name of sancho panza is myself unless they have changed me in the cradle i mean in the press i am rejoiced at all this said the duchess go brother panza and tell your master that he is welcome to my estate and that nothing could happen to me that could give me greater pleasure sancho returned to his master mightily pleased with this gratifying answer and told him all the great lady had said to him lauding to the skies in his rustic phrase her rare beauty her graceful gaiety and her courtesy don quixote drew himself up briskly in his saddle fixed himself in his stirrups settled his visor gave rocinante the spur and with an easy bearing advanced to kiss the hands of the duchess who having sent to summon the duke her husband told him while don quixote was approaching all about the message and as both of them had read the first part of this history and from it were aware of don quixote's crazy turn they awaited him with the greatest delight and anxiety to make his acquaintance meaning to fall in with his humour and agree with everything he said and so long as he stayed with them to treat him as a knight-errant with all the ceremonies usual in the books of chivalry they had read for they themselves were very fond of them don quixote now came up with his visor raised and as he seemed about to dismount sancho made haste to go and hold his stirrup for him but in getting down off dapple he was so unlucky as to hitch his foot in one of the ropes of the pack-saddle in such a way that he was unable to free it and was left hanging by it with his face and breast on the ground don quixote who was not used to dismount without having the stirrup held fancying that sancho had by this time come to hold it for him threw himself off with a lurch and brought rocinante's saddle after him which was no doubt badly girthed and saddle and he both came to the ground not without discomfiture to him and abundant curses muttered between his teeth against the unlucky sancho who had his foot still in the shackles the duke ordered his huntsman to go to the help of knight and squire and they raised don quixote sorely shaken by his fall and he limping advanced as best he could to kneel before the noble pair this however the duke would by no means permit on the contrary dismounting from his horse he went and embraced don quixote saying i am grieved sir knight of the rueful countenance that your first experience on my ground should have been such an unfortunate one as we have seen but the carelessness of squires is often the cause of worse accidents that which has happened me in meeting you mighty prince replied don quixote cannot be unfortunate even if my fall had not stopped short of the depths of the bottomless pit for the glory of having seen you would have lifted me up and delivered me from it my squire god's curse upon him is better at unloosing his tongue and talking impertinence 
than in tightening the girths of a saddle to keep it steady but however i may be fallen or raised up on foot or on horseback i shall always be at your service and that of my lady the duchess your worthy consort worthy queen of beauty and paramount princess of courtesy gently senor don quixote of la mancha said the duke where my lady doña dulcinea del toboso is it is not right that other beauties should be praised sancho by this time released from his entanglement was standing by and before his master could answer he said there is no denying and it must be maintained that my lady dulcinea del toboso is very beautiful but the hair jumps up where one least expects it and i have heard say that what we call nature is like a potter that makes vessels of clay and he who makes one fair vessel can as well make two or three or a hundred i say so because by my faith my lady the duchess is in no way behind my mistress the lady dulcinea del toboso don quixote turned to the duchess and said your highness may conceive that never had knight-errant in this world a more talkative or a droller squire than i have and he will prove the truth of what i say if your highness is pleased to accept of my services for a few days to which the duchess made answer that worthy sancho is droll i consider a very good thing because it is a sign that he is shrewd for drollery and sprightliness senor don quixote as you very well know do not take up their abode with dull wits and as good sancho is droll and sprightly i here set him down as shrewd and talkative added don quixote so much the better said the duke for many droll things cannot be said in few words but not to lose time in talking come great knight of the rueful countenance of the lions your highness must say said sancho for there is no rueful countenance nor any such character now he of the lions be it continued the duke i say let sir knight of the lions come to a castle of mine close by where he shall be given that reception which is due to so exalted a personage and which the duchess and i are wont to give to all knights-errant who come there by this time sancho had fixed and girthed rocinante's saddle and don quixote having got on his back and the duke mounted a fine horse they placed the duchess in the middle and set out for the castle the duchess desired sancho to come to her side for she found infinite enjoyment in listening to his shrewd remarks sancho required no pressing but pushed himself in between them and the duke who thought it rare good fortune to receive such a knight-errant and such a homely squire in their castle end of volume two part two chapter thirty recording by expatriate in bangor maine